Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're continuing on the message, the light, walking in the light, and this is in context with, first and foremost, we're talking about this because mainly this is what Christmas is about. The light came to the world. And in, in just understanding of the context of Jesus coming to the world, he came to a dark world. The world was dark. And that light shone. And we see the, the different dynamics of that story and the light and the, the, the wise men following that light and the light showing uh, the shepherds. And it, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture of how God started this whole thing off. And I, I just, I love the history of it and I love the understanding of it. In, in just the sense that God, he, he, he really shakes things up. And when, he, when Jesus came, even though the beginning of his life was, was very short in the sense of information to when he, when he hit the age of um, 30 years old. It's interesting that at the very beginning, when he comes into the picture and the proclamation is made about him, uh, about what he's going to do and what he's going to become, uh, they go straight to the people that are outcasts of Israel. And that was so interesting because the first people that God goes to and says, hey, the Savior is born is the shepherds. You might be thinking, well, you know, the shepherds are good guys. Actually, they were, the, they were unclean in the eyes of the religious group of Israel. And that's what Jesus came into. He came into a world that was dark and filled with religion. Not the beginning of the law or the beginning of religion in that context, but man's messing with something that God created and creating even a more difficult path than what was already difficult in the first place. So if God made one law, men would add a hundred other laws to that one. And that's literally what the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes did is they created all these extra laws to where it, it just, it was impossible. And when you look at that, you think, okay, Jesus came during the time when religion was at its most powerful. It was a dark world. And he brought light and he brought the message first to the outcast, the unclean, as far as the law was concerned. And from that point, the light shone in the world. And his life went, you know, we know the history lesson, went to the cross. So, in that light, which I want us to look at as far as scripture, what's it talking about to us? Because we're here celebrating the time of Christmas, the time when God so loved the world that he gave. That is the, the number one truth about Christmas. It's about love. And when you look at it and you see, okay, here he is giving us this beautiful picture. And now here we are celebrating that love, we need to understand the light of that love because ultimately it's dealing with us. And so I want to know what the Bible has to say about this light that I'm supposed to be living in because if it has to do with my life, it has to do with Monday. It doesn't have to do with church attendance. It doesn't have to do with a religious concept. It has to do with life. Everybody say life because this is what this Bible is about. It's about life. It's not about a religious concept. It's about life. Men, people made this about religion. God made it about life. Jesus says, I have come to give life. He's done what? He's come to give life. And everything connected to God is always in abundance, multiplied. Anything you talk about, you talk about love, you talk about grace, everything that has to do with God is always in multiplication. 
And you understand that when you start talking about what uh, he does in his word concerning the seed and what, how that works. Seeds planted, seed grows, but it multiplies. In our lives, God's expecting multiplication. When you look at the, the, the whole analogy of seed and harvest, you understand that it not only benefits the sower, but the multiplication of it benefits others. So everything about God is just not about you. It's about the world. But when you can understand that he impacts you so that you can impact the world, it's all tied to uh, his, his plan and it's all tied to our DNA. And when we connect to it, it becomes real. It becomes like we're supposed to. You have to fight it to not be a part of it. And I know a lot of us have been in that area where we fought uh, that, that, that truth of impacting other people other than ourselves. It's just something we do. You know, a lot of us don't like that stuff. But God's saying, listen, <laughs> your destiny is to impact and be an, and, and be an influencer. And I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm talking about life. Amen. Real influencing. Not that you can slam your head into bread and everybody's going to say, there's an influencer. No, not that type, okay? All right. And John 8, 12, it says this. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus says, I am that light. And if you follow me, and he's not just saying like the crowd would follow him. He's saying you have an intention. You have a, a specific purpose of why you're following. You're following with intent. You're following with a view. You're following with expectation. You're following with, I want to learn something. And that's what Jesus said to his disciples. Come, follow me, and I will make you. He said, I will make you fishers of people. I will what? I will make you. How is that going to happen? By the process of transformation, the information, the, the, the picture that he showed them was the process of what we are to do with his word. We're to receive that instruction, receive that light the light of the gospel, the light of the good news, and we're to allow that thing to transform us. And that's transformation takes part here. It's here to here. Do you hear this? It's so important to understand that because everything, your failure, your victories, right here. Once you look at this in the correct light, you can understand the power you have of life. But we tend to not look at it in the simplicity. Let me help you on simplicity of when I point to here. I want all of you to picture a dog in your mind. It could be your dog, neighbor's dog, dog you hate, the dog you ran over on the way to church, whatever. I want you to picture a dog in your hair, head, all right? You got that dog there? Now picture a fish. You got that fish? Now go back to the dog. You got the dog? Go back to the fish. All right, that right there is how powerful you are. And you might be thinking, what the heck is he talking about? I just showed you the power of your life. You, with your choice, some of you didn't do anything. And you might be thinking, well, I didn't want to. Exactly. There's another picture of your power to choose to think or not to think. Now, where do we go with that? Because everything you do, everything is tied to here. I can't change. I'm just this way. This is just who I am. No, it's what you've allowed yourself to think and what you continue to think. And you can try to con yourself all you want. You can listen to other people try to con themselves and you. But the truth of the matter is, is change is available if you desire to change. 
but it's on you. You can't blame mama, dad. You can't blame your past hurts. You can't blame anybody or anything. It is your responsibility because no one can control your thoughts, not even the devil. He can't. Now, can he help or instigate what you allow him to? Yep, 100%. But it's on you. Everything is on you. Have you, have you ever thought about just the concept of the world and how it operates? Everything. Everything is tied to the ability to control your choice. Everything. Everything's done in a way that will manipulate the process of thought. It, everything. Everything's tied to this. Everything. And governments know this. The world systems operate this since the beginning. The ability to control what and how you think. And the problem is, is most people just group up and follow that without stopping going, wait a minute. And taking control of this. And so they continue down this path. The Bible is very clear. As a person thinks, they process thought. It's what they become. It's who they are. So if I can get you to think differently, yeah, but the facts, and that's the problem is, is we're looking at wrong facts. See, we can all pull out negative facts in life. Everybody in here. Some more than others. What race, what culture, what, what nation you're born in. Everybody can look back in past or look back in the natural and find excuse. But if you are born again, if you receive Jesus as your Lord, that is no longer your past. That is the past, but it's no longer your past because now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things now have been passed. They're done away with. Behold, all things become new. And that newness is the key. Most Christians, 99.9% .9 of all Christians, don't operate in the new key. They stay in the old patterns, the old ways. And that brings more trouble because we continue to operate in this new life in the old person, the old man, the old woman. So we got this Jesus living in us and we still connected to the old ways. How are you connected to the old ways when God's word said you're no longer here? This is what it's about here. You're connected here. So how do we break this? How do we uh, end this cycle of, of, of anger, depression, anxiety, failure? We, we press in the first week of the new year doing good and then we all fail. Well, how do we stop this? How do we overcome this? How do, we, how do we get to the place where we're not begging and praying and crying out to God for change when we start experiencing change? How, well, how long are we going to do this? How long are we going to go year after year and look back and go, it's all the same? I wanted different. I prayed for different. But different never came. It's like different's a person that's like going, I ain't come over your house. But see, this is what happens. What are we going to do? See, we're going to continue down this path. We're going to continue to make excuses. Or are we going to start looking to what the word of God says and saying, you know what? Beyond how I feel or think, I'm going to start accepting this as truth. Not, not because that person said so, not because this person on TV said so, but because I'm seeing it right here. Jesus said it, and I'm going to start receiving it. And he said what? He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, he who what? He who just, just you know, walks nonchalantly around me. No, he who follows me shall what? Shall not walk in darkness. He, he said, shall not walk in darkness. What does that mean? That means there's an opportunity to walk in darkness. But if you're following Jesus, you shall not walk in darkness. That's an important statement out of our Lord's mouth. Shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 
the light of what? Life is what? A light. What is life? A light. Now, now, another word that light is used for is illumination. So what you need to understand is when it's talking about light, it's talking about the illumination or the, the knowledge and understanding of what? Of God's word, because Jesus says, I am the light. John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, Jesus, became flesh. The word of God became alive before us. That light, that truth, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Now think about this, because when you start putting those together, it all makes perfect, perfect sense. But we... we we dilute it or we really screw it up just because of religion. Just man-made concepts or, or stuff we've picked up all through our life, you know? What that crazy aunt said, you know? And you just, we carry these things. And we start allowing them to infect us here. But see, the process of this Christian faith being a follower of Jesus is first understanding that you have to renew your mind. You have to change the way you think. You have to process it in a different way than you're used to dealing with life because now we go through this process of, of experiencing life through previous knowledge. What does that mean? Nothing rarely changes. Everything stays the same. You get one marriage, you get out of that one, you go on the second one, it's the same as the first one. And you thought for sure it was going to be different. And then you go to the third one, and the third one's the same as the second one. It even gets worse. But you didn't go in going, I'm going to make sure third is worse than the first two. No one ever does. But what happens? They'll get messed up. Why? Because that's not how life gets transformed by experiencing it. It's transformed by you choosing different are you guys hearing me? This is very, this is too good of a message for you to all be going. Man, y'all should be jumping up in your seats going, you go, you go. All right, don't do it now because I'm begging you. John, but I shouldn't in love life. Love life, you should have been coming in here expecting. John 3, 19. I know out there in, in, in live stream, they're all going crazy right now. It's just like, you know, Cardinal score, touchdown, they're all, ah! But see, you don't see them because they're on their PJs and doing all that right now. Right? And I can see it right now. Right now, people are coming back going, was he saying something with their coffee and their donuts? <laughs> all right, John 3, 19. And this is a condemnation that light has come into the world and men... People love darkness rather than light. What do people love more than light? Darkness. Let's keep reading. Because what? Their deeds were evil. For everyone practices, practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. What does light do? It exposes something. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to help you understand this, this faith we live in. It's not a judgmental faith. If you think it is, you are thinking about religious Christianity. But if you want to follow Jesus' teachings, the Bible teaches, and be a true follower of Christ, then you'll understand what this word means. It means the light exposes, not because we're pointing it out and we're making people feel bad about what they're doing. That's the, that's the religious Christianity. The Bible Christianity is the one where we live our lives large and we're having transformation, we're having change. And all the people that knew us the old way ain't seeing that no more. And we're just living large. I mean, the life is good. And when things are bad, we have a different attitude toward the bad. We have a different attitude toward tomorrow. Things are different and that light is shining to where we're looking on the outside, people that are in the dark going, why are you so different? That's true faith in following Jesus. 
the old school picture, what the religious picture is, which most Christians live in, is the Christian that says, quit doing that, quit wearing that way, quit talking that way, quit looking that way, quit that, quit this, quit that, stop this, stop this, then come to church. You know, if I was going to be legalistic on that, y'all have to go home. Everybody, everybody have to go home. Because no way you all perfect and no way y'all stopped at all. So if we were going to be truth to that, to where a lot of people don't want to see it that way, because they're just as bad as the ones they're telling to stop. Oh, man, don't get me on that horse. I won't get off it. Let's keep going. But he who, he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. That is what? Deeds may be clearly seen and they have been done in God. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not, a, it's not about your Christianese that you speak. It's about being normal, but with light. Uh, this, is, this thing shouldn't be the way it is right now. Now, we already know the world, darkness hates light. We already know that. But it really hurts because the body of Christ became more religious than free. And that made it worse. Because now they look at light and they no way want to touch it. And it's not because of truth, but because of people not living the truth. And I want to live the truth. I want to live the truth. I want to be able to have life and live it abundantly. Enjoy life with my family, enjoy life with my friends, enjoy life experiencing what, what I'm supposed to be experiencing at the highest level. So when I do things, I'm able to do it with the experience of God is good. I can go fishing, and it's different fishing than when it was before Jesus. I can tell you, I know before Jesus fishing. Before Jesus fishing is not like fishing today. I'm telling you right now. Before Jesus hunting, before Jesus sports, I'm telling you, before all that, this one's way better, way, way, way better, way better. But see, that's what I've been able to experience on this journey. And that's what I want us to be able, I want all of us to be able to experience that. Because having a relationship before Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus should be different. But isn't it amazing that most of the time it's not? How come? your thoughts. He's in you. The light of the world lives in you. And like we sang earlier, he'll never leave you. He's not going to forsake you. So what's up? Everything we do on this earth is not tied to in per se, the spirit realm It's tied to the soul realm. Everything. And so when you understand that you understand that this spirit realm is perfect. With God, it's perfect. But there's a process of maturity that has to take place for this to work out. And it's got to go through this thing. Because I can show you truth, period. Point blank, Jesus said, and that right there is the bottom line truth. Then why don't we all go, okay, it's done. Then why doesn't it work that way? Why doesn't happen when I do reveal something that all of a sudden we got walk out of there and we're like perfect in what I just showed you in truth? Because we saw it. Jesus said it, it's true. Boom, I'm good. But it doesn't work that way, does it? No, because why? Because it's going through this thing first. It doesn't go here first. Otherwise, I'd have you all go to sleep and I'd preach to you. And get to your spirit. I remember... <laughs> coming up in this and Bible college and things like that. I remember how people, you know, would have the tendency to sleep through class and want to know why they weren't getting good grades. And their concept was, is, well, my spirit's picking it up. <laughs> then you'd get good grades. But if you go to sleep, your spirit ain't hearing anything. Nothing. Why? Because it has to go through here. You guys getting this? It has to go through here. 
If it goes through here, then it's able to get down here. So, like I said, if it worked the other way, you know, I'd, I'd hand out sleeping pills on the way to church. You come in here to sleep, I just preach at you. Guys wake up and go, oh, I can win the world. I'm, I'm different now. God, that would be so awesome, but it don't work that way. I'd try it on me first. I don't know how that would work. I'd have to probably speak in a tape and then turn it on and go to sleep. All right, Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness. Say, I was once darkness. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. For you were once darkness. I didn't say turn to your neighbor and go, you were bad darkness. I said, say, you were once darkness. We all once darkness. But now, say, but now. Okay, you were once darkness, but now. If... Coming to love life, if anything, you should learn this, that every word matters. It, it just, I pay attention to everything. And I, I get really dramatic with this stuff because I do this with me. And I can tell you right now, I didn't do this in the beginning of my walk. This came to a conclusion in my heart to where I said, you know what, I'm done just reading and, and, and watching people operate this in a way that just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't even bring clarity in how I was raised or how I was trained in life. The thing is, is I, I'm, I'm, I want to win. And when I went into this, I went into an attitude of, well, I'm a Christian, I, I want to win. So I, I focused on everything with that attitude. What was good is the guys that were with, they had that same attitude. Um, you know, there, there was guys that were... Um, we, we used to play basketball in our apartments with some Phoenix Suns guys that lived in our apartments. Um, and I, I, one of my close friends was a, the quarterback for NAU, and he was, you know, on fire Christian. And so we're, we're, we're walking this thing out with, you know, we're going to win this thing. But the process of, of understanding, it gets diluted through just the, this religion, how it crops in to where it's not a real thing anymore. It's almost as if you're just, you're, you're, you're like getting in a, a, a seat and it's an autopilot. And this life isn't to live that way. You're, you're not in control anymore. That, that pilot is. And God says, I want you to live life. We, we've ne we're never created to exist in life. No one on this planet is. But the majority of the planet exists. Born and die, and that's it. No legacy. Everybody in here should have a passion to leave a legacy. Everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care. It, it doesn't matter. Single, married, young, old, it doesn't matter. We all should be passionate about leaving a good legacy. See, that requires character, integrity. And I believe that outweighs by far your ability to pray, your ability to walk in the spirit. I believe that's all nonsense if you can't speak truth. If you, if you don't have the ability to just have character, none of that matters. And over the years, that's, I, I, that's all I've ever seen are leaders and people that, quote, think they're leaders with no integrity, but they want to present themselves as such spiritual giants. It disgusts me. I hate it more than anything. And the thing is, is I want our church, I want love life to understand that. I believe when you have the ability to say yes and you mean yes, that's the highest level of spiritualism. Because then people look at you and go, that, you're honorable. Or they start tying the word wisdom to you. It's a wise person. I think that that is the greatest testimony that any of us could have. Not, yeah, they're Christians that go to church all the time. and They don't want to have anything to do with you. There's a reason for that. You're religious. And you got to stop. Amen? We need to walk in the truth in this light because we were once in darkness, but now we're in light. Watch what he says now. Walk as children of light. 
wait a minute, you just said I was in darkness, now I'm in light. Why do you have to tell me now? Think about that. Why do you have to tell me walk in, walk as children of light? Because now he's giving you the understanding of what is required to operate in this. Okay? And that's where I'm going to talk about. What, what is in, required to operate in what Jesus is asking of us? We're out of darkness. We're in light. Walk. And that's a key word. Walk as. And he gives us what the definition of living this life is supposed to be like. All right? So he says, for you're once in darkness, but you're now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Peripeteu, peripeteu is the word for walk. And it's a compound word. And the reason why that's important is because two words are brought together to define what this word walk means. And the reason why this is so important, because walk is this. I'm walking, okay? And it says walk is children of light. Well, how do children of light walk? No, it's not talking about that walk. What's it saying? The word walk, in our understanding, according to this Greek language, is the way we live life on a continuous action. Now hear me out. The picture would be someone that is walking on a path and they've walked on this path consistently for a long period of time. It's almost like it wears, wears a little rut in there. And it's so known by them that they could even close their eyes and walk on it and walk on that path. It's like when you've lived in a home for a long time, that you can, you can, the lights can be off. I do this, you know, all the time where if I have to go pee pee at night, I don't turn lights on, but I can go like this in the dark, even close my eyes. I don't know why I do that, but anyway. But I know exactly where things are and I can, I can literally get to the bathroom without stubbing toes, without banging my head. I, I, I don't want you to try this at home, but I'm just saying, isn't that true, though, that you know that there's something there? Now, sometimes, you know, of course, you're going to bump into things, but you know you're, you're walking in a way where you know your surroundings. You're, you're, you ever went to a hotel and, and, and did that and tried that? Bam, bam, boom. You got to turn lights on. Lights go on. Why? Because you don't know your surroundings. And so what he's saying is, is our lives should be a way where we can, we can walk through this with our eyes closed. We got this down. We got this down. So when you read the word walk, peripeteu, now you know that this is what it means. And so you're looking at it in a whole different way. So what gave me the ability to walk in the dark in my house? By walking in the light by being those C things and constantly being around those things and knowing that they're going to stay right there. Ever in a few times where there's been some traps in my house, like a laundry basket that shouldn't be right there. Everybody any have that problem before? <laughs> Crashing down. So when you read this, now it says this. Live your life like you've consistently done it knowing how life is to be lived as children of light. So now it's saying, how do you do that? In other words, I can learn to walk through my house and now I can be defined as a McCluskey housewalker. All right? Because you can come to my house, spend the night at my house, in the dark, you're going to be banging into everything, everything. That is not an, uh, uh, I'm not asking you to do that, all right? But I'm telling you right now, that's what would happen. You'll bang into everything. Why? Because you're not a professional. I'm a professional at this. Now, what it's showing is, is now, this is saying as. So I was in darkness, y'all were in darkness, and you're good at that darkness. Amen. You might not have liked it. I'm not asking you if you liked it, but you're good at it. 
You didn't have to think about most everything you did. It just came like that. But now you're a part of this new walk and it's saying, now you need to walk in this light a little differently. As children of light. Well, what's that? That's the word technong. Technong is child that's approximately four to eight years old. All right? When you look at a four to, you know, eight, seven, eight-year-old, a child at that age mimics their parent, their dad, their, their, their mimickers. We all were that way, by the way. I don't care if you think you weren't, you were. We all mimic. You're still mimicking, all right? You still, everybody's mimicking in some way. So here we are as kids, we're mimicking everything. Even when we don't know we're doing it, we're doing it. I, I remember as my, my, my boys are getting older in, in those age periods, I remember things when I would be doing something, I'd look over and they would be staring everything what I was doing. I'd catch them, you know. It was so interesting to me because I didn't want to embarrass them, so I would catch them and then I would just, you know, shake my head like that. Because I didn't want that, I didn't want to embarrass them. I, I see Maddie do it all the time and they're still looking and watching. And so that's what this word is saying is, is that we grew up looking and imitating. So now this is telling me that I need to be looking and imitating light. Jesus is that light. And so I need to be looking, following him, and imitating him. Amen? Just we all need to be doing that. So then we start imitating Christ. And as we imitate him, we start becoming more like him. And no one in here can go, I don't want to be more like Jesus. We all want to be more like Jesus. Amen? We all do. We all, all want to have what he had because he was awesome. And so here we are in our lives today, and we should be doing what the scripture says. And it's so important to understand that. Ephesians 2.2 says this, you once walked, everybody say walked, same word, same word. You once lived your life in this constant doing according to, according to the course of the world. The way the system was operating in, you were living your life according to that. Do you guys follow me? All right, because everything in the world system is trying to manipulate, trying to have you imitate the way they believe, the way they think. Our responsibility is not to follow that, but follow this. Amen? Follow this, okay? So it says, we walked according to the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil. We walked according to, that word according in the Greek is literally mean, mean dominated by. We are dominated by the world system. We are dominated by the enemy. Now we look through life and we go, I don't see that. I don't see that. Oh, but it was all there. Why? Because the Bible says so. It reveals this information to us. Our part is to hear it and believe it. Amen. Hear it and believe it. I don't look back and go, oh, terrible, the devil had me. I don't look back at my life and do any of that. I look back through it with understanding. Because now I look out at people and I see what? Dominated by the system, dominated by the enemy. Let's move on. Let's see what else it says. It now works in the people of disobedience, because that's the nature, among whom also we all conducted ourselves in, and this is the process. How did the world system, how did the enemy dominate me? Watch this. The lust of the flesh. That's our nature, the sin nature. And here at Love Life, we understand it's not about sins it's not about the fruit popping out of the tree. It's about the nature. When you understand the nature, you understand the fruit. Do you follow me? In other words, the apple tree can't get up one season and go, I'm done with apples. I think I want to do oranges now. Oranges just seem so pretty. That orange. I'm going to be an orange. You can't do that. Why? Because it can only produce what its nature requires of it. 
An apple tree is an apple tree because it is a apple tree. We only define it by what did it produce? Apples. Well, that's how we know it's an apple tree. But the apple isn't the tree. It's what the tree, nature, produced. You follow me? You might be thinking, well, that's so elementary. It's so like first grader. Good. Now you're learning the high level of, of spiritual knowledge of God's word. Because that, my brothers and sisters, is exactly what we're talking about when we're looking at people that have not received Jesus. They're apple trees. And we'd be banging on them because they're giving apples. Sins. So we look at them and go, quit doing apples. Quit doing apples. Stop doing apples. That's a Christian going, stop doing this. Stop talking that way. Stop wearing that. Stop going there. Stop doing this. Stop, 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 you evil thing. And that's what people do. We are looking at the apple and we're crazy people, but because it's religious, everybody's used to it. But when truth comes along, love life, when truth comes along, we understand that we're not going to run out there and slam on apples. We're going to work on nature. And nature, we can't do nothing about. I can't do anything about your nature. But I know a God that can. I know a Lord Jesus that loves you, that he died for you, and he can give you a new nature. So I ain't talking about your apples because there's nothing you can do about apples. I'm talking about your nature. Now you all set free on that elementary teaching. Amen? Y'all got that? Everybody like it? All right. That's what we want to know. I want, I want the truth. This truth. Not man's version. I want the truth. The truth sets you free. And I don't know anything greater than that. Because you can't win or, or, or produce success by by just banging on the negative. You can't. It doesn't work that way. We have to remind ourselves, parents, of that. A lot of times in our love and our desire for our kids' success, we want to reveal the negative, and we do it a lot, right? But if we're going to do that, we also need to make sure we're building up the good the light. Isn't that true? Should we not be also paying attention to the, the building, the encouragement, the uplifting? I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to everybody else. Come on now. Should we not be that way? Amen? And by doing that, what, what are we doing? We're, we're not, we're, listen, we're not going into the, the wackiness of we're all winners. You know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about making sure that we're not just not majoring on the negative. That's all. Negative has to be shown. Negative has to be taught to be able to break free and break through. We understand that. But we also have to talk about the good things that they are accomplishing and they are doing. Amen? Is that all good for you? All right. If it isn't, I could care less. All right. Moving right along. All right. So he says, we conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. That's the nature. That's the nature. We conducted ourselves in the sin nature. And then it says, fulfilling, this is what happens, the desire of that nature and of the mind. What does that mean? When you are operating in the nature, you're operating in the mind. The only time you're not operating in the mind is when you're in heaven. Because then it's it's a spiritual thing. Here on this world, we ain't connected spiritually. We're connecting in the soul. I'm not like connecting to you spiritually. I'm connecting to you through the soul. We connect that way. We talk, we hang, we emotionalize. Everything about our lives are through the soul. So what do we have to do? We have to fix the soul. It's not a a spiritual fix. It's a soul fix. The one spiritual fix that has to take place is being born again. Now, I know religious people, they they want to argue the point because they don't know the Bible. No, it's got to be spiritual. No, it isn't. According to God, not only were you born again, 
But you actually crucified with Christ, you buried with Christ, the third day you rose again with Christ, and also you're seated with him. What are you going to fix on that spiritual realm? Tell me. What are you going to fix? Tell me what you have to fix precisely. Your chair next to Jesus in heaven? I mean, what, what is it? He's seen him saying, because a lack of understanding, and again, I understand it because a lot of people, you got a foundation of religion. So you're not, you, it's not about what truth is, it's about what you think you know. And that's what, that's what brings so much problems in the body of Christ. We're still living on old stuff that isn't even biblical. And then guess what? This is what religious people do. When you hear truth, you want to fight for your right to be wrong. And you can't even back it up scripturally, but you still fight for your right. How can I say that with such intensity and zeal? Because I know what it's like. Been there, done that. I just choose not to be stupid no more. That's what I, I just determined. I'm not going to be that way no more. If I hear something I don't understand, I'm going to listen. Ultimately, if it's true, it's going to ring out. It'll, it'll show itself in God's word. But if it isn't, then it's no big deal. It's like, okay, whatever, that's not true. But I'm not going to just sit there and go, I don't agree, I don't agree, I don't agree. Do you understand what that term comes from? Your knowledge. From where? Your past. It's, 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 it's a dilemma we all have to understand. Believe me, it's always there. You have to battle it. But the thing is, is you have to learn to fight the good fight. That means fight by the Bible rules. Fight to understand what this is about. And then when you do that, then you're able to experience success. There's so much responsibility on our lives. Especially when you become married, or become a parent. You have responsibility. I know a lot of people, you want to talk spiritualism, and then you look at your kids, and there's no spiritualism in them. And you're thinking, why, why you want to push your fantasy about how things need to be done? And I look at your kids, and they have no spiritualism in them at all. I've seen that over and over and over. Something's wrong here. Something's not jiving. Because if it's something you wholeheartedly believe, that means your whole kids would be operating the same way. And they're not. Something's wrong. But we want to fake ourselves out. We want to, you know, dumb this thing down in, into something that's not an operational faith. It's more of a, this concept of, you know, what I feel or think. It's how we were brought up. I don't know about you, but, you know, I was raised in a family that, you know, they weren't too bad as far as growing up. I know I, I knew other parents growing up, my friends' parents that were worse, but, you know, they, they might have, you know, a drink with friends, but they smoked and things like that. And me as a, as a kid growing up in that, they would tell me, you will die if you do any of that. We catch you with any of that stuff. You're going to die. We will be the ones that kill you. And, you're, and they're doing it with a drink in their hand and a cigarette. And so we look at that and we go, that's crazy, that's crazy. But see, people become Christians and they do the same thing. It's just, it's spiritual now. Oh, I know I hate going that way and I know no one, I'm talking to no one in here. But I'm, since I am talking about that, I think you better wake up now. Because I'm done. I, it just, it frustrates me to hear it all the time because everybody wants to you know, promote things. And I'm wise enough to go look at your kids and realize you ain't promoting stuff. You're not. I'm not saying this is easy, and I'm saying that the family life is simple and you teach one thing and everybody's doing it. I'm not saying that at all. Especially you got more than one kid. One kid's simple. Bring in another one. It's not like the first one. They're different. Different training method, different understanding, different personalities, different everything. So being a parent is not simple. It's hard work, is it not? All right, All right I got three parents in here. The rest of you are fakes, okay. Gee, my knee. Y'all pressing for a bruising right now. That's all I know. So what, what we're seeing is we're seeing, okay, there is this life we did live. 
We did, we lived this life that was opposite of what we're living now. But we walked it. What am I saying? I'm saying pay attention to what I've been talking about. What is God saying? He's saying, hey, let's build a rut in my life. Let's build a rut to where you can close your eyes and you're going to get there. All right? Because you already built a rut in the old ways, in the dark ways. That's why it's so easy to go back in them. I watch Christians, man, they're fighting for the right to be good. And all of a sudden they start slipping in dark. Why? Because it's simple. It's simple. That's where you used to be. That's where we forget the consequences of that life. But it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's simple. Our flesh likes it. Well, then, it's, then understand this. Then you must like the statistics. Because statistics always play out. And you already know that old life doesn't do anything but destruction. So why would you think that it's okay? Ultimately, you've got to look at your life and go, you know what? That's right. That's how I stopped drinking. That's totally how I stopped drinking. As a Christian, I'm early on, I was still, you know, I still wanted my, my, my beer. Because that's, you know, that's what I did. See, I don't, I'm not thinking about the alcohol addiction. I'm thinking of the delicious taste. You know, the taste that when I first tasted it, I about threw my guts out and thought, who the heck would ever want to drink this stuff? And now it's, I just love the taste. Or the smokers that took that first smoke and no smoker in this planet took that smoke and went, oh, this is great. Y'all got heck off. All of you, not one person took that first cigarette and smoked it in your lungs and went, oh, give me more. You, <laughs> you had to force yourself to get to the place where I enjoy it, I love it, I love it. Y'all know I'm speaking truth. Best to be speaking back to me, not being quiet, going guilty, guilty, guilty. But I had to break it. What broke it in me? Broke it in me was this. Dude, I already seen, I mean, people, I already seen, I already seen two dress tied to alcohol, two deaths. Personally seen it. Partying. I already seen, I already know the stories of, of, of teens going to parties and getting shot over the head over a popsicle. I already know it. Alcohol, drugs. See, I already know all that. And here I am, Christian, doing this in my car driving. And I just had this, this, this light come upon my life and go, I just thought, what are you doing? That you already know everything about this. What are you doing? And then right then and there, I just said, you know what? This is crazy. This ain't my life. 19th Avenue, going north on, 19th Avenue North, crossing Camelback, threw my six pack out the door. Actually, five pack and one can. <laughs> Didn't even think about cars driving around. Didn't think about anything. I just thought to myself, I'm done. Driving. Man, I didn't even want to look. <laughs> Cans are exploding. Cars are going. Arr! I just kept driving. I'm a Christian now. But what happened? What happened to me? What happened was I just come to the realization that everything about that I already know is devastating. You can look at divorce. You can look at broken relationships. You can tie alcohol to a majority of them. It's just so dumb. But it, we, that we pull back in that old nature. It's so cool. It's so cool. You ain't cool. Statistics say you aren't cool. It, I mean, it's just things that if you start looking and going, you know, that's true. Why would I keep wanting to? That's when you start winning because you start asking the right questions. It could be all kinds of things. It could be more than just the desire to drink. It could be the desire to fit in. Where has that ever led you in success? Desire to be like someone else. Desire to not made fun of. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to come out of? And into a light where Jesus says, I accept you. 
not only do I accept you the way you are, I'm expecting you to become better. But if you don't, I will always love you the same. That's the Lord. That's how he speaks. And because he speaks that way to me, I want to be better. I want to change. And it's a journey. It's a process. It's not an overnight thing. But I know this with the fact his first words to me is, my love's never going to change. I, I greatly love you. It won't change. Well, what if I don't do this? It won't change. And because of that, only because of that, I don't want to be that. I want to be better. And that's why I keep pressing. And I'll continue to press. And guess what? I'm going to find something else I need to fix, something else I need to change. But you know, it doesn't matter. See, I've got a consistent life that says, you overcame. Look how awesome it is now. You overcame. Look how awesome it is. I can, I can take you down a journey of all kinds of things. See, it's not about God's taking something away and your life's going to become this squeaky clean, boring life. I remember when I had to get rid of hunting and fishing out of my life. And you might be going, oh, well, I ain't doing this thing then. No, it's... It's not God told me or God demanded of me. I had to make a choice of what was more important. Missing church to go fishing or to make sure that church became priority and I'll find another time to go fishing. And honestly, I had to go through this with fishing, with hunting, with things that I love to do, 100%. Ultimately, when I chose the right choice, I graduated. And guess what? I can go hunting or fishing. And God wouldn't even get mad if I did it when church is on. Now, he wouldn't be mad. He'd be mad or upset because no one would be up here preaching because I'd be out there fishing. <laughs> but the point is, is God never took, took it away from me. I chose to make sure it didn't take Jesus away from me. And if there's anything that does, then you ought to get rid of it. But I'm going to tell you right now, my fishing is the highest level. My hunting is the highest level. Anything I do fun-wise, it's the highest level of, of great. But it's because I made a choice that this is priority. This is. And no, excuse me, uh, little smart aleck, it's not because I'm a pastor. I did this when I was a normal person serving Jesus and working with teens and working full-time jobs and living life large. Not because you're a pastor, you have to. No, it doesn't work that way. If I didn't make those choices then, I wouldn't be here. Because there are people that this is secondary and their lives show it. You can fake it and you can do everything you want, but truth is the truth. So you got to determine what's going to be priority. That doesn't take away a vacation. It doesn't take away anything. Nothing. It doesn't take away nothing. All I'm saying is, is you have to be real with you where your heart is. That's it. And when you do, it's good. You might not have an issue with it at all. I did it one time. I did. Period. I did. But I overcame it because it was a choice I made. Jesus doesn't love me greater he loves me the same. I can tell you right now, my relationship with him is far greater. Period. It's because of what I chose to do. And you can relate this to relationship too. Marriages, same exact thing. Your marriages become greater once you are committed personally for whatever's necessary to have success in it. It's just a better way to live life. I just wanted you guys to understand that. Listen, ultimately, this is what we have to see. Darkness can never overcome light. It's impossible. Darkness tries to overcome light. Let me explain this. And the only way darkness can win in your life, now, when, I, when I'm talking about something, I, there are a ton of scriptures, because, but because I'm ending right now, I'm not going to pull out all the scriptures I have. I'm just, I'm, I just want you to understand something. 
Everything tied to the darkness tied to the enemy. Religion and the enemy. And when God speaks about darkness, he speaks about something that destroys, never produces. You can't grow anything in dark, all right? You have to have light. Light grows, light produces. Light cannot, cannot defeat darkness. I mean, darkness cannot defeat light. But what you also need to understand is, is darkness can't overtake you or overpower you. Because you've overcome darkness with your faith. That's what the scripture teaches us. Darkness cannot overcome light. Now you might be thinking, well, then how does darkness win? Only by you, the light bearer, dimming or turning off the light. It's the only way. There's nothing the devil, nothing this world system, nothing in this dark world can overcome you. It can't overcome you. It can't. Light can't be overcome. But if you choose, because you're the light bearer, you can dim the light. Jesus said you can put a bushel over the light. You can turn off the light. And darkness then will have control. But it was because you chose it. I started this thing with the beginning. You make the choices. I end with the same. You make the choices. Walk as children of light. How do we do that? Let's imitate. Imitate our Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's imitate him. Let's recognize our responsibility to live life courageously and live it right. Like I said, this is a journey. This isn't something you just, okay, I'm done. I'm getting rid of everything. I'm going to tell you right now, you won't have victory in that way. That's, such, that, that's a way of failure. That's like, you know, I'm going to just go on this diet for three days and lose 20 pounds. Guarantee you're going to get 80 back. It just don't, that don't work that way. It took a long time for you to get that. You need a process. Allow yourself time to, you want to have victory? Then work, work watching it go a little by little by little. The only way it's going to work. And then there's the deception. You can be winning and think you're losing. Let me explain that real quickly. Have you ever wanted to lose weight? And in the process of wanting to lose weight, you thought, I'm going to start lifting weights. Anybody ever do that? All right. Muscle weight outweighs fat weight. And if you're a scale watcher and you're being serious with all this, you can lose weight, but still not, you can lose fat, but still not lose weight on the scale. And I remember doing that early on and going, dude, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm not losing nothing. But my pants were getting looser, but my weight wasn't going down. And so I was looking at the scale as it, it's the determination of my success rather than the button on my pants. And then once I realized, wait a minute, I'm doing something other than just cutting calories or carbs. I'm also building muscle. And when I realized that, then I went, okay, so it might look like I'm losing, but I'm winning. And I'm telling you, that's an area of life. There are times when you think you're losing, but you're actually winning. It's just, what are you looking at? Because you might look at that area that you thought you overcame, but oh man, you didn't make it. And there's all these areas where you're having victory in. That's your weightlifting part, all right? Look at the success and it'll override the number on the scale or the number on your life. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. You're awesome, God. We love you dearly. And Lord, as the word has gone forth, we know it does not return to you void. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. And I believe you sent it to make an impact on our lives, to bring the change that's required for success, God's success, scripture in your word. And so we want to become more like Jesus, which is becoming less like religion. And in doing so, we will be able to walk in the success of the light of walking in the light. And that's our desire and that's our passion, to continue to do this and to be successful in it for your kingdom and for your glory. 
The way we get there is from the very beginning. That's by accepting Jesus. And if you're in here this morning, you've never received Jesus. If you're out there in live stream, you've never received Jesus. I'd like to give you this opportunity right now to receive Jesus. Receive the light in your life and darkness will flee. You'll have the opportunity to start living this life large, living according to God's plan. And he will live with you and never leave you nor forsake you. So if you've never received Jesus, I'd like you just to call in the name of Jesus. You're going to just speak out the name of Jesus and ask him to come into your life. And that's it. By doing that, you open up your will to be born again. So we can say this together on the live stream in here and, and just re repeat these words as I speak forth, these, these truths for your success. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. And that's why I'm talking to you. Jesus, come into my life. I want this light. And I ask you right now, I open up my will for you to come in. I believe in you, Jesus. And that's why I call on your name. Save me, Jesus. And I thank you for hearing me and answering my call. For right now, you have saved me, and I am set free because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around. If you did that prayer for the very first time, I want you to just raise your hand. I have something for you. I have a little book that I wrote specifically for you that'll help you in this new walk. If you prayed that prayer on the live stream, just click the button. And if you like, just email me your address, and I'll send you out that booklet free. I'll just get it to you. And that's the last email you'll get. You're not going to get begging uh, for money letters or nothing. I will send you that thing and that's it. So out there live stream, click it and let us know and I'll send it to you. All right. Love you guys. And you have a great day and be blessed. Okay. Merry Christmas. Hey. for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.